welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Vidal. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, and welcome back to this week's Brain Coach Tip. I am Jan Bedell, the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. It's so great to be able to share the revelations God has given me over the past 20 years with you. I have walked with many different families as they incorporate the help of the neurodevelopmental approach to see life-changing results. In fact, when asked to describe their experience with Little Giant Steps in one to two words, many families use life-changing as their description. My goal is to equip you with some brain-changing tips that can enhance your child's future. I'd like to ask you to do a favor for someone. It might even end up being someone you don't even know. If you share the link to this podcast with people in your circle of influence, they may know someone that really needs to hear this message. More than 20 years ago, a now dear friend of mine, Linda, took a chance by telling an acquaintance at church, which was me, about the neurodevelopmental approach. She had a child with learning challenges and recognized my daughter could benefit from this approach as well. You know the need for intervention for a child is not an easy subject to bring up to someone you don't really know well. But I will be forever grateful that she took the risk because it changed my daughter's life and put me on the path to be here to bring this encouragement to others. You just never know when you might be the link God wants to use so another family can get the help they're praying for, especially if they're dealing with ADD or ADHD type symptoms, which is our subject for today. I'm so glad you could join me today to learn about a drug-free solution to ADD and ADHD. As I said, my name is Jan Bedell, and if you want to find out a little more about my journey, you can listen to podcast number one on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. This will give you some background as to my personal story and learn a little of the experience I have with working with others. You may have some questions that come to mind as you listen to this presentation, so I encourage you to write down your questions. We also have several resources on the website. You can subscribe to the newsletter. I encourage you to do that. Review the blog, sign up for the free articles, access the webinars, and of course, these podcasts. All combined, there's a wealth of information. You can also email us at office at littlegiantsteps.com with your questions. The labeling of so many children with ADD and ADHD seems to be at epidemic proportion. The truth is that professionals cannot diagnose attention disorders based on an objective blood test or any other medical exam. Instead, they tag a label onto a child based on a subjective opinion, and this is determined by a professional's viewpoint of a child's behavior, typically a checklist. 
If you are suspecting ADD or ADHD or have that label, you probably know the list of symptoms. Many of them are very vague, like fidgets with hands or feet or squirms in their seat, has difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or play activities, leaves the seat in the classroom or other situations in which remaining in the seat is expected, and on and on. If you're interested, I'll put this checklist that I came up with from the internet on the handout with the other information that I'm going to leave you in that handout. The statistics are really rather staggering. 6.4 million children between the ages of 4 and 17 are diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, according to the Center for Disease Control. This number is up 42% in the last 8 years. I'd like to introduce you to Michelle Thompson. I want to share a little bit of her story. She's actually now the Director of Client Support for Little Giant Steps because of the difference this made for her children and she wanted to support people as they go through the journey of neurodevelopment. Michelle and her 14-year-old son, Aaron, came to me several years ago for a neurodevelopmental evaluation. I want to share some of her story as she sent it to me. She says, My son Aaron started kindergarten at age five and a half. He seemed to do well the first half of the year, but I became critically ill with a heart condition the end of November and had open heart surgery in mid-February. In January, Aaron's teachers began sending notes home because they were concerned. Aaron was all of a sudden having trouble paying attention in class. From that point on, at the beginning of every school year, his new teacher would ask to meet with us and ask if we had considered that Aaron might have ADD, even though they were not supposed to suggest this to us. When Aaron started the third grade, he began coming home with tons of homework because he wasn't getting his work done in school. This was when life really got hard because Aaron would take hours and hours to complete one page of handwriting or one sheet of math drill. We were both miserable and trying to get him to pay attention, having to be on his case all the time, really began to change our relationship. Aaron had always been a very obedient child and we ran a tight ship in our home, but we could not get him to stay on task when it came to academics. If we put him in front of a TV or a video game, whole different story, he would play for hours. When we did finally give in and have him tested, he was diagnosed with ADD. They and they prescribed Ritalin. It took a while to get the dose right. They started him on a low dose and we had to go back for checkups every few months and increase the dose until we got it right. Then, when he started puberty, we had to change the dose again and we went to an extended release, which seemed to work much better. We wondered if Aaron would have to take Ritalin the rest of his life, and we were a little concerned about the long-term side effects of this drug. There were a couple of instances when Aaron was between 10 and 12 years old when we thought he might have had hallucinations. Very scary. Does any of that sound familiar to you? I'm going to tell the rest of Aaron's story a little bit later, but I want to go into some of the diagnosis that happens. Being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD by healthcare professionals 
They typically believe that drug treatment is the best solution for the child if they have six or more of those items on the ADD or ADHD checklist. Another shocking reality is that most of these same physicians will fail to test for a medical condition that may be causing these symptoms. We're going to go into several of the causes that might be a problem, and we have so many of these, actually, that it's going to take us a couple of weeks to do this. So we'll cover some of these this week and some next week. If you've listened to any of our other podcasts, you'll know that our organization does not like labels. We actually have a motto, say no to labels and yes to hope, because looking for and discovering the root cause of the symptoms that cause them to have the labels makes all the difference in the world. So let's first talk about some metabolic reasons why someone may have some of these symptoms that are on the list. There's a medical doctor named Dr. Marianne Block, who's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that you may want to familiarize yourself with. She discusses several medical conditions that can cause the ADD or ADHD symptoms. She's the author of the book, No More Ritalin, Treating ADHD Without Drugs. Sometimes a simple change in diet can eliminate the problems. In my experience, the biggest culprits are sugar, gluten, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, and dyes, especially red dye number 40. That is in many of the foods like hot dogs and ketchup and things like that. I even heard the other day that there's often red dye in salmon because it's not quite pink enough. Sells better, I guess, when it has dye in it. But this can be very reactive to a person's metabolic or their chemistry, especially children that are sensitive to it. Allergies can actually be a huge cause of metabolic issues. You may have observed dark circles under your child's eyes. You might have headaches, stomach aches, or congestion. But did you know that allergies and food sensitivities can cause anger, hostility, distractibility, fatigue, learning problems, and even uncontrollable behaviors? It's true. Another thing that might cause metabolic issues is hypoglycemia, or low blood sugar. If there's too little glucose in the bloodstream and the brain is not getting enough to work properly, then the body releases a chemical to prevent a coma. A child can be calmly sitting at a desk doing work when suddenly he or she feels this fight-or-flight energy surge. The chemical released to raise the blood sugar is adrenaline, which causes pupils to dilate, their heart rate to increase, and the child to become agitated, aggressive, and maybe even angry. Like I mentioned, there's several other metabolic things that we're going to go into, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of taste for that this time because I want to talk about all the different causes. And one of the causes is stress. No trauma or stress at any age, whether it's perceived or real, can cause the release of chemicals called cortisol. That destroys new nerve growth and can cause a student to forget what he or she has learned. So they know it, and then they get this chemical wash, and then they don't know it anymore. These types of reactions are okay in a moment of danger, this adrenaline rush, 
but chronic stress is detrimental and can cause symptoms of ADD and ADHD. Erin is an example, just a perfect example, of a child who experienced stress in kindergarten when his mother became very ill and he was concerned about her. So he was under that stress and they sensed that in the family, you know, the stress of an illness like that and it affected his whole behavior. If your child has hypersensitivities to touch, taste, smell, hearing, visually, this can result in long-term stress. It's just a constant stress on the body. The body remains on alert and the senses are hypersensitive to everything in the environment. For example, if the eyes pick up every little movement, that's going to take their attention off what they're doing. And then if their ears are too sensitive, they're going to hear every little sound and that's going to distract them too. You might ask yourself, does your child exhibit any hypersensitivities? This could be a stressor causing some of those symptoms. When you're under stress, the blood flow decreases to the cortex or your thinking part of the brain. This makes learning very difficult. This condition is called brain fog in adults. When the individual can't remember what they've learned, this stress sometimes turns into learning difficulties, which is a stressor on top of the other stress. We're going to explore some other stressors next week as well. A third cause of symptoms of ADD and ADHD, and the one that I focus on most as a neurodevelopmentalist, is an underdeveloped brain. All of the parts of the brain are present at birth in healthy babies, What's missing are all the connections between the parts. Our brain is 3% cell bodies and 97% connections. And as the brain is stimulated, that's when those connections are formed. When the brain has the right kind of sensory stimulation and goes through the movements, this develops the needed connections in infants, students, and adults. But our cultural practices often stop or slow this development because of different things that we do with our infants and young children. Just as an infant has an underdeveloped brain, individuals with attention deficit often have underdeveloped and disorganized brains. Have you ever thought about comparing a hyperactive child with an active toddler? When a person is stuck in development, their actions are often like that of a younger child. This doesn't have anything to do with the label. It's just a matter of the brain not being organized so that it can do organized behavior. If you think about it, infants are not good at maintaining attention and concentrating on a specific task or controlling their impulses due to the fact that the connections between parts of the brain, especially that frontal lobe, the thinking part, those have not developed. If that thinking part of the brain has not developed in the student, then he or she may present symptoms of attention deficit like difficulty maintaining attention, concentrating on something, or controlling their impulses. Even healthy infants have problems regulating their activity and by one year of age move around most of the time and find it difficult to sit still. If you think about it, most normal babies are hyperactive at this age. Hyperactivity is a symptom of ADHD, the result of an underdeveloped linking 
of those different levels of the brain which could affect students of all ages. The inattentiveness could also come from being hypoactive, not active enough. Babies who do not move around much due to gadgets, low muscle tone, etc., get too little stimulation to their brains and become sluggish, hypoactive, inattentive, and late to develop. Dr. Harold Bloomberg says that the child in school with an ADD label is often hypoactive and inattentive due to a lack of stimulation to these important parts of the brain. Many people believe that no one outgrows the symptoms of ADHD, that it's a problem for a lifetime, and that it will have to be treated for a lifetime. That's really simply not the case when there's intervention. If you give your child medication and the child improves, it does not mean that ADHD symptoms have gone away. It means that the drug is covering up the symptoms and that the root continues to be the underlying problem. Don't get me wrong. There are definitely children that have chemical imbalances and need medication, but I personally believe it is way overdiagnosed because of the unwillingness to look at some of these other root causes that we've already talked about. Because I've actually seen it, I believe the truth is that the root causes can be identified, addressed, and many times totally eliminated. When a child no longer has the symptoms, and because ADHD and ADD are a symptomatic label, they just can't be called that anymore. Let me say that again because you may have never heard the truth like this before. Root causes can be identified, addressed, and eliminated then the child no longer has the symptoms. We have found at Little Giant Steps that this label doesn't have to last a lifetime. Let's look at it another way, in a way that you might really be able to relate to. What if your child had a fever and you took them to the doctor and you were very concerned, you know, because they had a fever and they were really feeling bad and you didn't know what was causing it. What if the doctor just said, Sure enough, he's got a fever. Let's call this fever. We'll give you some medication and send you home. What would you think about that doctor? That's not what you went for. You wanted to know why that child was having a fever, what to do about fixing it, what the cause was so it would never happen again. That's what you're looking for. It's the same thing to me with the symptoms. You've got a symptom of fever here, but with ADD and ADHD, you've got all these other symptoms. Let's dig a little deeper into this underdeveloped brain that causes disorganized behavior. And this disorganized behavior comes from a disorganized brain that will produce many of the symptoms that we're talking about. For instance, if the auditory system is faulty, it can cause some real challenges. If the child is hyper or hyposensitive to sound, this can cause inappropriate reactions, difficulty in groups, fears, and phobias, tonal processing where they don't really understand what people are saying to them well, and auditory sequential processing. That means holding the pieces together so that they can follow directions. All of these can be addressed with some kind of stimulation to the brain. But do you see how these things could really cause challenges and some of the symptoms? 
When you look at the symptoms of low auditory processing, which is your short-term memory, those symptoms are a majority of the ones on the ADD and ADHD checklist. And it's something that can be fixed. When someone has good auditory processing, they can attend. Their behavior is age-appropriate. They can comprehend what's said and what's written. They're able to follow directions. Their conceptual thinking, thinking the big picture and you know, cause and effect, that is very much enhanced. Their conversational language is good. They can wait for people to talk and hold what they're thinking and then say it instead of interrupting, you know, like, I've got to tell you right now or I'm going to forget. So when it's good, then their conversation moves smoothly. They can do creative writing well because they can hold those pieces together. And they can use phonics so that they can read better. Because this auditory processing is so low in so many, many of our schools and teachers are referring more and more children to be tested when it's really just an auditory processing issue. When auditory processing improves, you have age-appropriate maturity that develops, their speech patterns improve, they make better decisions, they understand cause and effect, and their social skills improve. Overall, you just see a more confident child emerging. It's fun to watch. I want to encourage you to go on the Little Giant Steps website and get the free auditory test kit and test your whole family and find out where they are. If you want to know more about this subject, go to podcast number four. I did the whole thing on auditory processing. And then we've got some resources too at Little Giant Steps store. What I'd encourage you to do is go to the store, littlegiantsteps.com slash store, and then search the word auditory. The things that will come up there are related to auditory processing, like the best kept secret in education. I wrote that book explaining the importance of auditory processing. It also has digit spans, which is the little activity that you do twice a day for two minutes that helps the processing and brings it up so those symptoms start to diminish. They also have computer programs that will work on that auditory and visual processing as well. There are more areas of disorganized brain that we're going to cover next week, but let's look at the visual system first. One of the things, if the central vision isn't working well, they might have lack of eye contact. They might even have light sensitivity. Other symptoms of visual disorganization could be hyperperipheral. They see too much on the, on the edges and not well right in the center. So they're distracted by every little thing that anybody stands up or moves their hand or anything. Their attention is drawn off. They could have greeting problems, skip words, skip lines, or reverse letters when things aren't working well with their visual system. I told you I would tell you more about Aaron's story, and it was really a very uh, heartwarming thing for me because Aaron had taken Ritalin for five and a half years from the time he was nine. When he had done the program for a year, he was able to wean off his medication with his doctor's swessing, and he didn't need it anymore. He went to college and did fine. He's a business owner, part business owner, and very successful person. So I just want to encourage you. 
sometimes fear comes upon you when you have a child that's got some learning challenges and you wonder about their future, but the future can be bright. You just have to know how to help them. So I know I'm asking you to have what's called a paradigm shift. That means a belief that you've had that something like this has to last a lifetime. But what we know is if you treat the root cause, you can change the future. So be encouraged. There is a drug-free solution. And there's hope. Will Giant Sips has been in business for over two decades, impacting lives of thousands of children. The challenged gain better function. Learning labels disappear. Typical students become accelerated learners. And the gifted soar to new heights. Now, I don't want to make this sound like it's just a walk in the park. There's work that has to be done here, but things can happen. One of the things that we found was that the children that came to us with ADD and ADHD labels had things in common that we look at as neurodevelopmentalists. They practically all of them had low auditory and visual processing, and they also had mixed dominance. I'll put that chart so that you can look at it in the handout. One of the things I was inspired to do some time ago is because I have this knowledge and know that this is something that can be prevented, is I created something for younger children, ages 3 to about 8. This is called Early Learning Foundations. It has the neurodevelopmental activities built into it, and it also includes math. Another thing you can look at is If you have an older child, maybe seven or older, and you don't need anything for math, you want to look at developmental foundations. So you can just type in development into the search, and it'll come up, and you can get the resources for that. You might also want to listen to podcast number 13 for the details, because I went through how it all works in that podcast. That's all the time we have for now, so my prayer is that this important information has helped you to see that you have the power to make a difference. Stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network for more Brain Coach tips to make life and learning easier. Next week, we'll be exploring more of the root causes of ADD and ADHD and what you might fondly term as your absent-minded professor. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life at any age and particularly with any label. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem, most especially when it comes to ADD and ADHD. Bye now. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray You'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.